Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. This is the final episode of our series on referrals and I'm excited because I have a really amazing planner with me today. We've done, if you haven't, if you're tuning into this episode for the first time, uh, go back and be sure to listen to this series. It's been a fantastic series. We had a photographer, we had a coordinator mostly, but slash planner on, and then we talked to a venue owner, and now we're talking to one of the best planners in Central Texas. I'm super excited to have Barbara Hearn with me. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah. it. So Barbara is with Barbara's Brides. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your business and how long you've been doing this and all that kind of stuff, just to give people a general idea of you and what you do. Okay. Well, I have um, been planning weddings in Austin, in the Central Texas area, for 23 years. <laughs> yeah, 23 years. Um, I came from hotels. I did that for 15 years beforehand. So I really felt like I learned about what venues could provide, what vendors could provide, how what couples needed. And so that's probably one of the reasons why I'm one of the few planners that offers kind of the day of kind of planning because I always had to do that anyways. But I really wanted to be home with my family. And so once I was pregnant with my second son, I left hotels full time and came and did this. And every year my son's birthday, my husband says, you're going to go back to hotels. And every year I say, no, <laughs> <laughs> because this this works for me. Yeah. But, um, I real I come from San Diego originally. I married a Texan who was in the Navy, and nice. we moved here 23 years ago. And that's all I've ever done. Even in California, in country clubs and hotels, I always did weddings. I always tend to work with the couples. Um, I think it's a and I have a real good comfort level with making them feel comfortable. Yeah. So it works out really well for me. Nice. So total, you've been a part of doing, because of the hotels, you've been part of doing weddings for how long? Uh, okay, so I'm 53, so <laughs> I started in my 20s. Okay. So a long time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's all I've ever done. And I started at 15 working in catering companies for my aunt, and she took me under her wing and taught me how to do you know, weddings and catering. So I, I, I've only ever done this hospitality type of business. So I think that's yeah. where a lot of my last-minute abilities to solve problems it's just it's part of my nature yeah awesome and just give me like a picture like on the average year how many weddings are you doing so i've been crazy enough so to do <laughs> i think i did my biggest year 45 wow and it was way too many um, that's a lot yeah. well i had i had other planners on my team sure. doing some of them as well um but i i comfort level wise i like 26 yeah. You know, every other weekend is really good for me. Right. Um, I want to be able to have some time with my family as well. For I've sure. always been really good at balancing that. And so I think that that's an, a good average for me is about 26. Nice. Cool. And uh, we talked about this off air, but talk to me a little bit about the budget range that you're working with. I, I don't work very often with budget brides. Um, but when I have couples that call me and say they have a small budget, I'm very candid with them on the phone on whether I'm their planner or somebody else's their planner, what things really cost. I want them to be aware of it, that it's not a hype or a, a fake number. Right. And I find that most of my couples range between 
you know, fifty to seventy-five thousand. I have plenty that are in the hundred thousand dollar range as well, but that's just not the norm. The sure. norm is usually around fifty to seventy-five thousand. Right. Cool. I think that gives just our listeners a good overall picture mm-hmm. of because there's obviously they're listening to this podcast from many countries all over the world, so it gives them a general idea of um, you know if you're working with a planner who's kind of in this 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 world of this many weddings and this, this kind of Mm -hmm. overall budget and that kind of thing. Um, I think this is maybe a mindset that a lot of those planners might come. Well, they they need to, they need to understand my complimentary consultation in the beginning is always free. Cause I want to make sure that they are going into planning their wedding with their eyes wide open. Sure. And so I want to make sure they know if their budget's 20,000, I don't shame people for having a $20,000 budget, but this is what you can get for 20,000. I always base it on a hundred people too. So, just to make things easier. Because a lot of them will say, well, my wedding, I'm having 300 people and I have $25,000 to spend. And I'll, I'll frankly tell them, I have no idea how that's going to work. Right. Because unless you're going to do it at someone's home or a park and you're bringing in barbecue or family's cooking, things just cost a lot more than that in Austin. Right. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, just tell me. You know, you've been doing this for a long time now. I mean, <laughs> your whole adult life, you've been I could, doing I could, write, a, I could write a book. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Um, so what what's keeping you in love with doing weddings? It's, um, I think, I'm just good at it. I'm really, really good at it. Yeah. So when you're good at something and you feel a reward or a sense of accomplishment, I think yep. that's a, definitely the field for you. I'm not a person who is passionate about people. I'm not a people person. I'm not... I'm actually very introverted, yeah. but I'm very frank. I'm very candid. I'm very, I'm very warm and I'm very motherly. So I think that finding a couple, they immediately feel a sense of calm when they meet me. Right. And that's what they tell me over and over again, yeah. that they just knew right off the bat, they'll interview five or six planners and they come back or they don't. And if they, I tell them, if you don't feel that complete sense of comfort, then I'm not the right planner for you. I'd rather you work with somebody who's what you need. So yeah. it's, it's feeling the need and, and really feeling at the end of the day that I know I can accomplish anything and making my couples happy makes me very happy. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I definitely agree with that. I mean, there's a reason I asked you to come on the show <laughs> and I, t- I told you about that before uh-huh. the show. It's just that, you know, we worked on a wedding, I think it was, a dis- was it in December? Uh, I forget when it was anyways. It, oh, was, that was- it was spring. Okay. Spring I, I of get last that. year. You're right. Yep. I get that confused with, there's one other wedding that I did that was a very similar wedding mm-hmm. that I always get it confused in my head about. Um, but anyways, uh, I remember from that wedding feeling like you guys who are listening, you know, that there's always those planners that, that just stress you out because their stress level is so high mm-hmm. and they're just really high strung and they're super nervous that some little detail is going to go wrong. And so they're frantically running around all over the place. Right. You're just the complete opposite of that. I am. You know, everything was, I mean, one is everything just, it seemed, at least to me, you know, there's probably always things that go wrong, but mm. I didn't notice anything. And so there was definitely that, but also just, I, I knew that if anything did go wrong, it would be fine. Like you were going to handle it and it was, yeah. was going to be. Well, it's a wedding. Special. It's not like it's brain surgery and someone's going to die. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a wedding. So exactly. we can always find a solution. And I try and teach my team to be problem solvers. Yeah. And I work with a lot of interns and I go through a lot of interns because it's a chance for them to see whether or not they can work in that environment. Some of them 
have a real hard time trying to get the guests to go from cocktail hour into dinner because they feel like they're interrupting or they're being rude and it, 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 they don't have a practical understanding of what wedding planning is. They right. think it's just having drinks and cocktails and watching a party and that's just not. It's all about people management. Right. And whether it's... Hurting cats. It, it is. <laughs> and so if you're not able to not cry when a cake falls, which happens, yeah. or if you're not able to handle a mother who's very overbearing and making her daughter cry, then it's not a career for you. You've got to find a way to be able to manage people and manage your own emotions and be a problem solver and also what if, being able to take care of and think ahead of things, being proactive. Yeah, absolutely. And also just, I remember that wedding was just beautiful in general. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Driscoll was the prettiest I've ever seen it. I love the Driscoll. So. It's 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 one of my very very favorite properties. I love history. Yeah. And I have a very special spot for the Driscoll in my heart. And they and yeah. they know it. They know I love bringing weddings there. Yeah. It well, is an amazing venue for those who who don't live in town. The Driscoll is this amazing. Google historic, it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Definitely <laughs> Google it for sure. Um, it's an amazing hotel in the heart of downtown Austin, um, and it's just. Yeah, it's spectacular, so definitely do Google it. Well, one thing I wanted to add that um, a bride told me recently, and it really gave me insight into what, why she hired me, and it was very informative. She said that she was very type A. Her mother was very type A. And when she had a phone interview with me and they hired me long distance, she said, Are you, you're type A as well, right? So you can handle us. And I said, I'm, I'm not type A. If I was type A, we'd have, a, we'd have some problems. Because I'm type AB, which means I'm able to keep things on target and keep things going the way you want them to, but I'm able to accommodate and relax and curve with what you curve to. I mean, it's what you need. Right. So being able to bend yeah. is also, it's not my wedding. It's their wedding. And I, my job is to make sure it goes the way they want it to go, but not having only my decision be the right decision. Absolutely. That's a very important trait. I think with the planners, make sure that they're flexible with what the couple's vision is. Absolutely. And I think that for really for any vendor, this part of the mm -hmm. whole wedding is like, you have to be flexible. I mean, because sometimes, you know, they need to push up toast for whatever reason because, uh, you know, best man's about to get wasted. So we have to do the toast now. <laughs> Which know? I've done before. Cause, and the whole thing is it's not about us. Right. And, and I've, had, I've had interns tell me that one of the biggest reasons they liked working with me is that they actually learned because they're, they're following me, learning as we go. And they love when something goes wrong because it's not very often that something goes wrong. But when things do go wrong, they can see problem solving at its best. So, yeah. On your feet. Absolutely. So speaking of that, talk to me about like, what's the, what's the most difficult part of your job? It's, it's people and emotions. It's um, dealing with couples that hire me. I'm, I'm estranged from a lot of my family. And so I think that it gave me problem solving skills with people mm -hmm. to know that my couple knows I'm there to protect them. And if I have to take care of the groom's mom to the point of saying either you shape up or you don't need to walk your son, you know, in with your son. They know I'm not messing around because I'm, I'm not 20 and I'll just point blank and say, that's your child. You know, he may be 30 years old, but you know, you need, you need to send next to your next husband. It, this is who, that's what he wants. So I've, I've been very, very firm. So that's probably my hardest thing is having to deal with the emotions of family members that are self-absorbed. That's the hardest thing for me because I, I don't like to do that. But I'm not going to have my bride and groom crying. Absolutely. And because that, that breaks my heart seeing a 30-year-old man choked up because his mom can't behave herself. Yeah. So it really, that's probably my hardest part of my job. And then the hours aren't easy because, you know, you're, you're on your feet running for 15 hours. Yep. Um, so the next day, everybody has a wedding hangover. Yeah. Um, my gosh, my legs hurt so bad on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> so that's, 
And, and a tip, tonic is really good for your legs. Oh, Just okay. drinking tonic, not gin or vodka added, because I don't allow drinking at my weddings um, for any vendors. But tonic, it has quinine in it, and it helps your legs. And I started doing that three years ago, and it makes all the difference in the world. So. Okay. Good tip. <laughs> yeah. There we go. We always do a pick of the week at the at the end of our shows when I'm talking to normal vendors. Mm-hmm. So if we were doing a pick of the week this time, then that would be yours. It's, so a, it's a great tip. And it, it, all my bartenders <laughs> at all the venues, including the Driscoll, they have my tonic set to the side all the time so nice. I can get a glass constantly. Cool. Good to know. Uh, on the flip side of that, like what is just the part that brings you the most joy out of getting to do this? The, the total glee of my couples. I mean... They're they're so happy on the wedding day and seeing them walk in the room for the first time or seeing them just overwhelmed with emotion yeah. that things went so smoothly and that they could enjoy their day. I love the first dance. That's like my favorite thing because it just it's like that moment. They're in a room full of people and yet it's just so neat to see how personal and private their dance is. Yeah. But it's it's mostly when they first see everything come together. Yeah. And just sure. be able to walk through and quite often the bride will grab my hand. You know, and it just, it, she's excited. And the groom also having them thank me for keeping his bride happy. So it's, it's, it's a neat feeling to have your couples ecstatic and be a problem solver and to succeed. Yeah. So, I love that awesome part. That you get to have like that reward in person with them. Cause that's one of the things that really sucks about doing wedding videos is we don't usually get to see their reaction, you know, right. like. I would just love it if every couple I got to, you know, they got to come here and watch it with me for the first time so that right. I could see their reaction. Because, yeah, that's that's just really cool that you get to Yeah, have I try and steal her out. Before I get her dressed, I try and steal her out of the room for just a minute when I know the groom's locked away. And just walk through everything with her. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's become a real special thing to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I know a lot of our audience has gone through the pains of sending out a video and then months later, having no response, not even, oh, no. A, okay, I got this, <laughs> you know, that's like the worst thing ever. So they will connect with that idea for sure. Right. Yeah. When you just, when you do get the opposite, when you get the, the raving review, you get the email that, you know, I've already watched it two dozen times Yay. and like <laughs> cried the whole way through every time. That's the best. That's so, the goal. So, mm-hmm. yep. I get that for sure. So I talked about this uh, last time with um, Mom Maison, with, her, with Karen from Mom Maison, um, but this is the same way for you mm-hmm. as well, is, you know, it's, it's really you and the wedding venue, more so than any other vendor, that really kind of hold the keys to the referral kingdom, sure. you know, um, because a lot of times brides are either coming to you first or second, you know, they've either come to you and help me find a venue or they found their venue, but now they need you to do everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk to me about what you feel like is on the line for you when you give a referral out. My reputation, mm-hmm. 25 years almost of people trusting my choices yeah. of vendors. And so it's my reputation and I, and I don't, jeopardize that i've worked too hard for it mm-hmm. and every week i receive probably 10 inquiries from new vendors yeah that want to work with me and, and i i reply to them and i'm very nice about it but i say look it's it's not anything against you but you being a nice person and us meeting at a cocktail party or a networking event has nothing to do with me referring to you if i haven't had a chance to work with you right and to personally experience not based on another friend but personally experienced that you reply to phone calls and emails 
that you arrive on time and that you're a team player and that the end product is what the couple wanted, that's the only way I'm going to refer business. For sure. Because the opposite is something goes wrong and I just use, I, I don't know, I, I can't even imagine it because I wouldn't recommend somebody that I didn't know. But I did have, oh gosh, this is, this is actually painful to even remember. So I had a groom's father that, rec- that brought in a videographer. Mm-hmm the day of the wedding as a surprise mm. at the rehearsal. So he would go, he came in at the rehearsal and it, it just wasn't a good surprise because no yeah. vendor is a good surprise. If I don't know about him and he's not on the timeline and the bride and groom didn't expect him and maybe they didn't want that. Mm-hmm. So this guy's setting up at the rehearsal and he's setting up, he's moving chairs during the rehearsal and for a visual for you, he's moved the two chairs where the mother and the father of the groom would sit. Oh, wow. So those, so that, that spot. Yeah. And so he has an, he has a tripod set up. I said, what are you doing? And he says, well, the, it's just really, really important that I have the best shot of the room and I can get the groom's entrance and the bride's entrance from here. I said, you're not, you're not sitting up there. And he says, no, I, I need to. It's, this is a very important moment in the wedding day. I said, not in that spot. You're not. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to see you in the front of the altar. I mean, yeah. you're in, you're in a literal spot where the parents of the groom would be. Yeah. So we had to come to a really good compromise. And I compromised with them like middle of the row so you could still have it. But somebody who thinks that their job is more important than the parents of the groom and bride seeing their child walk down the aisle was ludicrous to me. So the whole night he just kept, he kept overstepping and saying, well, I don't do it that way. This is how I usually do it. And I said, well, you know, I gave you the timeline yesterday. It has to be a team. Yeah. This isn't about your video company. It's about the couple and you capturing the day almost unseen. Yeah. So you need to fade into the woodwork a lot more than the spotlight that you keep demanding. Yep. So it was it was awful, awful. So he says, I guess we're not working together again. I said, Oh, not if I can help it. <laughs> because it just wasn't there it was all about him the whole entire night. Because I always will cue you. Um, a good five minutes, okay, I'll go to all my vendors, my band, my video, my photographer, my captain of the of the catering, say, Okay, we're getting ready to do the, the first look or they're getting ready to be announced into the party. So everybody's on the same page. Right. I don't surprise anybody. You know, what if the battery was dead on something? They had to change it out. I'll make sure everybody's prepared. Right. So it's just really, really hard to work with a, a vendor who I don't know what their work ethic is. Yeah. Because well, I think it's, that's a great anecdotal story of what we've been preaching throughout this whole series mm-hmm. is you have to work as a team with every vendor We're a complete there. team. It has to be a team. Yeah. So, so what I tell these people who inquire with me is that I, I, I appreciate the, the position they're in, that they want to work with me. Um, and whether it sounds self-serving or not, it really isn't. It's just that if you want to recommend a wedding to me and tell them, you know, day of planner or whatever, it gives us a pers- perfect opportunity for me to be able to see how we intermingle and how we work together. And if that's something they don't want to do, then we're going to have to just wait and by chance work together. Yeah. And then I will know, but I just, it doesn't have anything to do with you being a nice person. You can be the nicest person in the world, but you just, you just can't answer your phone or you don't reply to emails. Yeah, <laughs> and then sure. my, and it, and it stresses out my couples. So I can't, I can't have them, you causing stress in an already stressful time. Absolutely. And that's been another thing I've been hearing again and again in this series is just the, the critical aspect of making sure that you're communicating mm-hmm. uh, with and the And communicating planner. properly. Right. 
So, so I don't know if anybody constantly does training. I'm always training. I, I go through workshops. I go through, um, you know, wherever there's different seminars going on because I think you always want to learn the new way or a better way or fine tune. Maybe you got a little slow or lazy in one area. I'm always sharpening my skills. And mm. so you should never become, you know, resting on your laurels. You just can't. Yeah. Stay, stay cutting edge, stay current. And people are very quick now. I mean, the, the emails were very lengthy. Mine used to be really lengthy. And I'm getting a lot of video and DJ and band emails lately that are so lengthy. Mm. When I will inquire about availability, I'm like, my client will never read all that. Yeah. You need to really get their attention kind of condense right. and then once you once you they hire you then you can start doing more dialogue right. don't don't just vomit dialogue all over them you know <laughs> i think that's a really good tip we've been reworking a lot of our marketing emails right, right now where it's maybe five sentences in a link with a video that's so so great yeah. that, that's much better than mine were much longer before and i've been made it, made it so much shorter and the response has been much much better yeah. So. Yeah. We've, we've experienced the same thing. We actually just sent one out recently like this and we booked five weddings from this one email that we sent out mm-hmm. um, where we, again, it was five sentences, maybe two paragraphs and then a link to a video and a call to action. You know, they don't have that much time, right? This, this, you're, you're trying to hook them right now. So boring them and then looking at five paragraphs, they're never even going to read past the, you know, the first paragraph. So exactly. I mean, think about your own habits when you're reading emails, right? Right. I mean, if you get an email that's super long, you are not going to read it. So mm-hmm. what makes you think your bride and groom is going to read that? Right. Yep, for sure. I love to hear just the way that you talk about you You feel like your reputation's on the line. Because we've had a, we've had a mixed bag on that with mm-hmm. this series. We've had some who felt the exact same way and others felt like, well, you know, uh, it's really up to the bride and groom. And I understand that perspective too. Um, that ultimately, it's the bride and groom's choice. Um, but I love the way that you really take so much ownership. In Absolutely. And my, and my vendors know that. I mean, when my couples go out to meet these different vendors, I've had a bride I met with this morning and she even said, she says, everyone I've met that knows you, that has been a referral of yours has said, oh my God, you're so lucky to have Barbara. And that's the whole point is that we all refer to each other and we all know that the day of we're going to be completely in sync. Yep. It's just, it's a great feeling. For sure. And the couples love knowing that going in. Yeah. They don't, they don't have some rogue vendor <laughs> right. in there. Well, and I have had people review me um, on the knot, which has been so funny. And they'll come back in, in their review and say, yeah, my wedding was spectacular. Everything was wonderful. But the two vendors I insisted on hiring on my own based on girlfriends or other friends' recommendations were the two that gave us the most trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's not just based on them being nice. And right. that's what people think. Well, she was so sweet. Well, that has nothing right. to do with the quality of her work. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. And one of the other things I heard you say in there that's I just want to hit back again in case anybody missed mm-hmm. this was I guess there's two pieces to this. One, she said, you know, you might just have to wait till you get lucky and you happen to work with mm-hmm. whatever planner that you're hoping to get on their list. Um, so definitely, like as you're working weddings, pay attention to who are the planners that you really enjoyed working right. with, and then you know reach out and try to, you know, meet up with lunch for them and follow up and say, how did I do, you know, um, do you have any feedback for me or ways I could do something better, stuff like that. But, but also you mentioned this, if you happen to get, like we had a bride who came in this morning into our office who met with us and she's 
she has her date picked out in her head, but she doesn't even have the venue planned out. You know, she, she definitely doesn't have a planner or a coordinator or anything. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, in a case like that where you get someone who is, scattered. is, is reaching out to mm-hmm. you and they're very scattered like that, you know, referring them, whether it's, you know, to use a full planning service mm-hmm. or just day of coordinators so that you actually get to work with that planner that you've been itching to work with. So you get that experience and they know what you're like. So I guess those are kind of two different ways of going at it there that I heard you say. Well, I had, I had a vendor who contacted me who I've known in the, in the industry for a long time. And she came back and said to me, kind of curtly, you know, you always work with so-and-so. Hmm. Well, I do because my brides really like working with them. I take them to several vendors and they choose ultimately always who they want to work with based on my recommendations. Sure. I said, and I don't think you realize, but referrals are a two-way street. It doesn't just go up from me to you. Right. So... I haven't seen any leads come in from you. Sure. So don't 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 ever push me in a corner because I I mean I'm just gonna say point blank. And so now since then, we've come to a really nice agreement. She sent me three different brides, and since we've worked together three times now, I've been able to refer back to her, and she's also softened her approach. Right. With the brides, the brides just didn't like what she was dealing. You know, didn't like the overall personality, and her whole approach is softened. Yeah. And she's booked every one of the brides. Nice. So it's just, it, it's take ownership of why you're not getting leads as well. It's not just because I'm mean. It's easy to point fingers. Yeah. You know. Referrals yeah. are a two-way street. They're not a one-way street. It's not just the planner's giving. It has Absolutely. to come back. Yeah, for sure. And I think that may be something that you know, your, our listeners are hearing for the first time. Mm-hmm. Because, you, like I said at the beginning, most of the time, Planners are one of the first ones. They're usually before video. Sure. But that's not always the case. Nope. Like I said, I had people in this morning who I guarantee you they don't have a planner. You know, so I'll definitely send over Well, that. Blind Date is a band that um, they, I love they, they, they're so great. <laughs> they are. But they're booked often because they're booked up so quickly. Right. And I had a couple that hired them and the venue. But then they asked them for referrals and they gave them my name. Yeah. And that's why I got the business. So, yeah. you know, the venue didn't give them my name, but the, but the band did. Yep. So that works both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, so t- tell me when you're thinking about, you, you've kind of hit on this a little bit, but but when you think about you're going to recommend a videographer, you know, Bride says, hey, I want to want to book video. What is it about that person that puts your mind at ease knowing, yeah, I'm going to send them to this person? Um, I think it's based on having having a good personality with the team. So being... A good team player, being just calm and and able to work in a fun environment versus there's not a lot of ego and right. there's not a challenge with trying to get a hold of you. Um, your price point, it, it's price point quite often. Sure. And they want to see your product. And so I think as long as you're I'm able to share their, your product with them, the price point works for them. I can tell them right off the bat that your personality is really great. Um, it's also placement videos, challenging video and photography. Cause I've, I've actually had, Oh my gosh, a videographer that ruined one of my really beautiful weddings at the Driscoll a couple years ago, because the videographer is in every single one of their photos. Mm-hmm. The photographer could not take a picture without the videographer over someone's shoulder, over the pastor's shoulder, moving around to where the, wow. he was actually in L, the kissing photo. Mm-hmm. It just it was awful. So you, I, mean, I would never work with that company. Yeah, for sure. So it's just a matter of just being good at your job. I don't think he was good at his job. Right. You know, being aggressive is not 
good. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because we we talk about this a lot in some of the, the forums and things mm-hmm. of you know, people are always complaining, oh, the photographer's in my shot, whatever. It, it Obviously, it goes both ways. And we does. talk about that in the forum as well as, you know, hey. Oh, there's plenty of photographers, yeah, that do that too. So, uh, yeah. Well, for sure. Um, but I think it's interesting to hear you mention that from someone who's not a photographer, mm-hmm. but you're a planner and you notice these things. Um, whether it's, you know, you probably saw and noticed it as it was happening. Yeah, I couldn't do I couldn't do a thing about it because it was during the ceremony. For sure. And so after the ceremony, I talked to him and said, look, you were in every single picture. I bet you she won't have one photo. And her grandpa was marrying her. Mm. And it was in a historic church. I was like, oh, my gosh, you, you ruined the entire ceremony. I mean, the family and everybody else is in there. I mean, nobody was able to get a picture that you yeah. weren't in. Yeah. And you're the videographer. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a nightmare. And then, you know, obviously for you too is, you know, you get these images and the video as a, as a portfolio builder for yourself as well. And oh, now, now you've sure. got, you know, I can't that's, a, that's a wash for you. Anyway. It, it was. And so we were able to talk to him and he, he understood he was he was receptive. But the, the point was that that was his instinct to do that. Yeah. And that concerns me that that's your go to kind of thing. So it's just a matter of just having it be. Just a good experience. As long as it's a good experience, and I'll be able to work with you again, and you and I visited about different price points for different clients. I think it's, that, that's a big factor. Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to take a quick break here in the middle of the show to tell you about a new way that I'm saving thousands of dollars a year on music licensing. First of all, if you're new to making wedding films, you should know that you can't just pay 99 cents to iTunes and use that in your videos online. It's against the law and you could face a heavy fine or even jail time, yikes. So, until now, you've had to pay somewhere between 10 to $50 per song on average to get good music for your wedding films legally. And then, if you wanna use that same song in a different video, you have to pony up the cash again. For some of you, this means paying well north of $5,000 a year in music licensing fees. So, what if you could get unlimited amazing licensed music for your wedding films for only $135 a year this is amazing I used to spend that much just on one video if you want to learn more go to soundstripe.com or click the link on our website and now soundstripe is offering 10% off to our listeners with the code WFA10 so again go to soundstripe.com and use WFA10 to get 10% off of your full year of fantastic licensed music for your videos today. Not only that, but when you use code WFA10 at checkout, your purchase helps support the Wedding Film Academy to keep bringing you amazing free content to help you make better wedding films and run a more successful business. Can you tell me, or do you have any other... Um... Well, just, just any other stories of something someone's done that's made you think, oh, definitely don't want to work with that person again? Drinking on the job. Hmm. Um, I've had multiple vendors that will work with me that are new vendors and we're, we're working together for the first time. You hear they finally got to the point where we're working together. And it's so cool that we're able to see how we blend. And they come up to me and say, do you mind if I get a drink from the bar? And I'll say, you already know the answer or you wouldn't even have asked me. You know you shouldn't get a drink from the bar. You're working. And they're like, well, I don't think the couple will mind that, you know, they'll have a beer. You're not a guest. Yeah. So it just, it, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you just ruined everything. Mm. Because having someone who's had several drinks affects your quality of work. I've sure. had DJs I don't work with anymore. 
And then, you know, circles back two years later and they're sober and they're like, you know, can we work together again? Absolutely. As long as you're not drinking. Yeah. Because I just, I can't tolerate ever having someone who's drinking or having somebody not fulfill um, what their agreement was. Sure. Like you said, you provide this and you're not providing this. Yeah. Um, yeah I think Karen mentioned last week that she had a photographer who had like six or seven drinks. Yeah. Oh my God, it just, like, holy cow. It's like, well, I've had, a, I mean, you, it, I don't care how well you hold your alcohol after no, 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 six no. drinks, uh, you're not going to be at the top of your game. Well, and you're sure. driving home from these venues, you're yeah, driving home for a, on a windy road in Dripping Springs and you're going to be killed on the highway. Or are you going to hurt somebody else? I mean, no, it's just, it's just very ir- irresponsible. I just like to work with professionals. For sure. That's my main overall. And, I, and not, not, I mean, we have, we laugh all the time. And around our vendor table, and I always feed my vendors. I always yeah. make sure we have a good meal. I mean, I love having a good time with everybody and laughing. Yeah. I think the last time we did, I, I had prime rib. I still remember it. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. That comes from my catering background because we always were fed. Yeah. And so my vendors, years and years ago, when I first started doing this, I always made sure our vendors were fed. And so they're like, we like working barber's weddings because we always get a good meal. And yep. I don't, I don't want a cold club sandwich and fries. I exactly. want a good meal. Yeah, for sure. But I also put well, it in your I still put dream your about that prime rib when I'm eating a cold sandwich from other <laughs> venue. Uh, well, put it in your contracts. Your contract should state yeah. that hot meal provided for you an assistant. Because we do put that in there. But, you know, I'm also, if we put that in the contract and I, you know, I get to the wedding and they give me a, you know, crummy cheeseburger, uh, I'm not going to, it's not like I'm going to go say something to bride and groom, you know. No, but you can talk to the planner or the venue person. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had once actually where... They're like, oh, well, we don't know if we're going to have enough food for you, so you can have the salad. I'm like, I've been here for 10 hours already. I need meat. <laughs> well, that's what I tell my couples. At what point should we run out to, you know, McDonald's or whatever? Exactly. When would you like us to leave your wedding if you're not going to feed us? Yeah, for sure. So, no. Yeah, because I can't be here till midnight without no, eating. No, you're always fed. Yep. Is there anything that you feel like has been even more subtle? You talked about, like, communication. Let's talk about that a little bit. So. In terms of communication beforehand, obviously, like you're sending out uh, messages, whether you're working on the timeline mm-hmm. and you're wanting feedback on the timeline, or you're just wanting kind of a confirmation that they're going to be there at a certain sure. time or whatever it is. What is, in, in your mind, like what's a, a reasonable um, amount of time before some, someone responds? Um, are you looking for, one thing she mentioned was just, that they had a proper response. So talk to me a little bit more about what that looks like. Well, um, what I mean by that overall is that most couples, when they hire me, it's really funny to me that they'll say that by the time we're doing the venue tours, they're just now hearing back from planners to set up appointments for interviews. So I think people tend to hesitate by a day or two. I think that's fine to be able to contact within a day or two because people have busy schedules, but our couples expect a pretty quick response. So within a day or two, I think you should be already communicating with them. Yeah. Waiting three, four, five, and sometimes a week to reach out to somebody, you've most likely lost the business and the lead's gone cold. Right. So when it comes to a vendor, um, if I reach out to a vendor, now I know better on weekends, and I've now added a little snippet in my signature line that says, slow responses between Fridays through Mondays due to events, which I think is my clients have really appreciated that. It kind of reminds them that we're busy during that time. Sure. And uh, I'll tell them the same thing about your vendors. So your florists are only going to be available on these days because they take off Sundays and Mondays. Your caterers are never going to do a tasting on Friday and Saturday. So I have to constantly remind them of that. 
but you should be replying to clients within 24 to 48 hours. Um, and then as far as the same thing with me, if I reach out to you to inquire if you're available, if I don't hear back from you within a day or two, then I'm going to move on to the next person. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty standard with me. And then when it comes to communicating, uh, there's a couple of photographers that I know very, very well that will do a whole timeline of what is the best timeline for them to share with the couple. The couple sends it to me and they're like, oh gosh, I hate to step on your toes, but this is what they want to do. And it's not, a, it's not an insult to me at all. I'll just merge that with what I know has to be done because there's so many more details that go into than what the photographer has given us. Right. But when the photographer comes back, which is a new photographer I'm working with coming up, and they say, well, this is the way we really want it. We prefer to keep it this way. And I have to go back to them and say, you know what? You didn't allow for X, Y, and Z. Right. They're like, well, well, we don't really need to do that. Yes, we absolutely do need to do that. Yeah. And you, you, you announce them at 630, and then you have the toast starting at 630 and toast being done at 645. I said, so at what point did you allow for announcing 10 couples? Right. It doesn't happen instantaneously. Yeah. I need at least five minutes to get them all lined up, get them where they need to go, and then get them back into their chairs for toast. So I think the people just don't, they overstep their bounds sometimes on what they think they know. Yeah. And so replying back to me the same day was helpful because we were able to sort it all out, which was good. Yeah. So I think 24 hours or 48 hours for either initial inquiry, reply on timeline. I sent the timeline today or yesterday for an upcoming wedding and i asked them all please reply back they received it there's no changes if there are changes what are the changes that need to take place right and they've all replied within 24 hours yeah i think that that we all want to be on the same play page overall yep yeah good tips for sure did i cover all that yeah definitely i think that's just so much of it just comes down to really just making sure that you're you're on your game communicating because when i imagine you know, from someone who's planned just small events and some like church retreats mm-hmm, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I've done some of that and in my past. When when you don't hear from someone who's helping you out, it, it makes you scared. You're like, okay, is this person actually going to show up? Are they going to do their job? Like, you know, so just like taking out that, that fear that you might have of, Am I going to be able to trust this person? That well, yeah, and, and also bring your timeline. If I don't hear back from a person who I've never worked with before, I think that's insulting to me that I asked for you to respond. Right. I'm making sure we're all on the same page so our, all of our days really run very smoothly. And if you're not going to reply to me, and then the day of the wedding you show up and you, and you don't have a timeline, and I was you were sent a timeline, right? oh, I don't ever go off those. Really? Then how are you? Yeah. How do you know when everything's happening? Yeah. Or they only have it on their phone. Print out, print out a copy. Yeah. Because phones do not always work. Sure. Phones have died. Um, and for any officiants that still use iPads, it makes me crazy. Do you know any photographs and videos you have of that screen on their face? Yeah. Have it in paper. I mean, yeah. paper's not dead yet, folks. I mean, so have a printout copy so you can make notes on something too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the things I always do is. I put because I, I I prepare the bag for my assistant sure. as well, mm-hmm. so I always put put uh, timeline in both of our bags, and I actually keep one in my person as well. So you should print out three. No, and if a person asked me, I didn't print it out or I didn't look at it. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's that says a lot about you're not preparing for sure. Yeah, and I think to what I don't hear you saying is you're asking for some big long response, but just like a okay, I got this. Sounds good. Literally says good to go. All looks great. Yeah. That's all I need back. 
So, exactly. so I know that you read it and that I put you down a correct arrival time or the band saying, hey, could we load in an extra hour early? We're concerned about the weather or yeah. whatever. Yep. Just I, This is your chance to communicate one-on-one with me. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, one thing that, that I always find, or I just make a practice of, I don't know if you have found this useful for yourself, mm-hmm. but I always like to just send the, the planner uh, my video when I'm done. Is that something that you... Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. You like that? Do you use that in your marketing at all, on sure. your websites or anything? I do. The problem is that people will sometimes ask me, so I've done quite a few same-sex couples and... I had a couple that recently wanted to hire me and they said, well, can you send us a video or some pictures from your weddings? And I went back and I thought, oh my gosh, out of the five most recent ones, only one photographer sent me the link. Hmm. And I thought, what a shame. I mean, right. so they hired me and they, they loved the photos, but what a shame that I didn't have more to share. So when it comes right. to photography, I only receive about 50% of the pictures in the link and video, it's far, far less than that. Hmm. Maybe a quarter. Gotcha. But no, I think it's wonderful to put a video up. I have one on my blog that um, a folks out of Houston did, and mm-hmm. they sent it to me, and I was so happy to share it yeah. on my blog and on my um, my Facebook page and just yep. to be, be able to share how pretty it was. Absolutely. So. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, here you say only you know one out of four maybe send that. I think that's just another big way that you can stand out not only stand out in your mind as the planner that you actually got to have that and they were responsible enough to send it to you and all that kind of stuff, but also it showcases you. Yeah. It showcases you. You're, you're sharing it to your network, which is Mm -hmm. different than ours. Um, and so just, it's another way to get your work out there and get your work seen. And it's free. It's a free advertising. It's nice that everybody shares it. Cause I had a, a girl reach out to me on Instagram and said, you know, where did you get those tables and chargers? And I told her that you know, it was from Marquis, and she says, thanks a lot. I mean, she was having her wedding somewhere else, didn't need a planner, but Marquis got free advertising. Right. So it's just always better for you to be able to share the photos and the videos. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Well, this has been a really amazing episode. Do you have anything else that you would want to say to any videographers out there if they were trying to get more work uh, from planners? Well, the biggest thing is just make sure you're reaching out to them and trying to see if, you know, some people want to be able to find a way to get in. Sure. So offer a special. That's how I started working with several of them. They had a special. I shared a special with my couples. Um, but I also always have like a little snippet saying that I've never worked with them before. This is our first time. And don't take offense to that. Sure. But that's a good way for you to be able to get in with us. Yeah. And, um, and make sure you always share your work afterwards. And the day of the wedding, just be a good team player and don't think it's all about you. Awesome. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Well, tell us if people want to go somewhere to find out more about the way, the work that you're doing, mm-hmm. where would they go? So I own AustinWeddingCoordinators.com as a domain I own as well. And so I, if you put in Barber'sBrides.com, it goes right to AustinWeddingCoordinators.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under Barber's Brides. So awesome. I try and keep those very current. So awesome. It's a great way to show our work and share our great weddings and all of our vendors. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been so great having you on. I think this has been super helpful. Good. Uh, I know that everybody's going to get lots of good tips from here, and hopefully you you, uh, heed this advice and get lots more. I think it's more about so much of why I like working with particular planners is because usually there's this cross-pollination of if it's one of your clients, it's probably one of the type of clients I want to work with Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And so... You know, uh, 
look, we're looking more for our ideal clients rather than just more clients. And so, you know, targeting in on which were your favorite clients that you had, which planners worked with them, and then, you know, reaching out to those people and making sure you do a really spectacular job. I mean, every time, but, you know, particularly with those ones that you really want to work with, again, make sure that you're just going above and beyond um, on all that. So. That's, a, that's actually a very good homework assignment for you to give to a lot of your people who listen, is that they need to look back and think about who their ideal clients were in the past yep. and make sure that when they're working and, and looking for new business that they know the best way to show their business and the worst way. Absolutely. So I know my ideal clients, and I hope that I can share those with you. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks again. Sure. Thank you. If you like what you heard in this series, definitely please do uh, log on to your iTunes account. Give us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we just love it if you would just help spread the word. We're really we're giving away this content for free because I'm so passionate about building up this industry as a whole. Um, I really think that we all benefit when any of us benefit. So that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I want to be doing. So please help me out, join the cause, help spread the word about the podcast. Um, and definitely do give us a review on iTunes. That definitely helps our search results as people are looking for this kind of content. So please do that for me. And thanks again for tuning in. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.